This is an audio series from the Super Freak Media Podcast Network. If you like what you hear, please be sure to show your support and follow us on our other social media platforms. Check out the links listed in the description of this episode to find out more. Thank you. The night draws near and the shadows stir. You're alone in the woods. Dead leaves crunch underfoot and the wind bites at your neck. You feel a chill down your spine as the fog ushers you deeper into the darkness. A darkness full of eyes that watch and whispers of stories. I am your storyteller. And this is Campfire Chronicles. Tonight's story follows Rob. After the passing of his mother, he finds himself cleaning house, unaware of the curse he is about to inherit. Reluctantly, he stumbles into his very own horror movie, with an unlikely companion, as his evening transforms into a hellish nightmare. Let me set the scene. It was the late 80s. Do you remember those days? No internet. Phones had wires. Movies came on tapes that you picked up from actual stores. Simpler times. I'm Rob, your average 29-year-old guy. My partner, who was cooking downstairs, is Dave. Back then we would say partner instead of boyfriend. Saying partner saved any awkwardness for the person you were talking to. But if they were known to be homophobic, I did like saying his name as much as possible. You have to have some fun in life. We were at my mother's house. She had recently died. A sudden heart attack. She had lived alone for the last few years, after my father up and disappeared. I didn't visit enough in her final years. Or maybe I did. So there we were, cleaning house putting belongings in boxes, selling things of value or taking them to charity shops. I was in the bedroom. I put a photograph of my mum and dad into a box marked keep. No one really knew if my dad was alive or dead. The only thing my mum would say about his disappearance is that it was probably for the best. It's odd. I always felt like they had a secret. If I pushed her about it, she would always change the subject, usually insisting on making another cup of tea. In addition to years of possessions and memories, we also had to deal with Bob. Bob was a cranky-as-fuck Jack Russell cross. I'm not sure what he was crossed with. I guess the devil or a hellhound. Bob always hated my dad. Maybe it was an alpha thing, challenging for who was in charge around the house. I'm not sure if Bob realised just how small he was. He was an evil little shit. But, much to my major disappointment, David wanted to keep him. He said, Bob has been with your mum for years. He's a part of the family. She loved him and he loved her. One day you'll be glad you kept him. So, naturally, I couldn't argue with that. 
Bob, like it or not, was going to be ours to keep. Anyway, you get the state of play. The scene is set, so to speak. My story can begin. It was late in the day, February 29th, when Dave shouted from the kitchen, Rob, are you busy? Yeah, of course, I replied, knowing damn well I wasn't doing anything that couldn't be stopped. In fact, I'd welcome something fun to do. Bob needs taking for a walk. He's bugging me and he's not been for a few days. I rolled my eyes. I wanted something fun to do. This was not fun. Well, I'm sort of in the middle of something. Can it wait? I hate lying. I'm shit at it. I'll try to sidestep and deflect whenever possible. What about the food? Won't that be ready soon? No, we have an hour yet. What do you say? Will you take him? For me? Ugh. I knew if I said no, I'd feel guilty all night. And if I said yes, I'd hate taking that little bastard out. Sure, I'd love to take him out. You're such a bad liar, Dave said, laughing. I took a wander, a slow wander down the creaky and oddly steep stairs, past the horrible flower pictures and cutesy photographs of a younger me. In the kitchen, Dave was cooking up a storm. Thanks for doing this. It would be good for you and him to bond. I moved in to Dave to snatch a kiss. He likes you. He doesn't like me. I looked down at Bob. Bob looked up at me. and I snapped his leash onto his collar. He danced with excitement, barking at me. See, you're bonding already. Dave smiled at me. Take care of each other, you two. I grunted as we headed for the front door. Don't forget the poop scoop in bags. Dave shouted. I saw them by the door and grabbed them. How I love to pick up the little shits, little shits. We left and headed for the nearby dog walking area. It was a brisk night. I could see my breath form in the air. I love nights like this. That chill you feel on your skin. The crispness of the world. There was going to be a harsh frost the next morning. I wondered if my car would start. It hated the cold. Bob barked, breaking my thoughts. The dog walking area doubled as a children's park. Climbing frames and metal slides. Hard concrete on the ground to break their falls. The 80s. If you weren't scuffing your knees or breaking a bone, you weren't living. What do you want, you, you little shitbag? Bob, astonishingly, didn't reply. Usually the place was full of dog walkers. The locals used this place all the time. But it was just me and Bob that evening. Maybe there was a party going on somewhere. Perhaps there was something extra special on the TV that couldn't be missed. Whatever was keeping them away, it was a lot more entertaining than walking a four-legged flea bag. At the top of the field, just behind the kids' play area, were fences and thick bushes. These were the boundaries to people's gardens. The fences were tall to afford them some privacy. Further away, at the bottom end of the field, was a line of trees that led onto a wooded area. It made for a very pretty walk in the summertime. You could go for miles before you hit another home. A few years from then, there would be plans made to build houses where the trees were. But those plans would be pushed to one side when they found a large number of bones. Some of them were rumoured to be human. I took a seat on the swings and thought about life while watching the sun. It had almost set and the sky was in the final throes of orange before turning to black. Time slipped away. 
I watched as the clouds peeled back from the moon. It reminded me of those old black and white horror movies I used to watch with Dad when I was growing up. I lit up a cigarette. Gently I swung back and forth listening to the chains rhythmically creak and moan under my weight. I'm not sure how long I sat there for, but I recall it getting colder and darker and quieter. I was still the only one on the park. I felt the hairs on my arm stand up as the chill of the night turned to cold. It was time to find Bob, but of course he was nowhere to be seen. Bob? I said. Then louder, Bob! Bob didn't reply. No one replied. I stubbed out my cigarette under my boot. I rose from the swing and tried again. Bob! That time I got a reply. I heard a growl. A Bob growl. But it was distant. What has the nasty little shit found now? I mumbled to myself. Maybe he'd found a badger. Or something big and badass. Teach the little dog a lesson not to go sticking his nose in, I hoped. I took a wonder shouting as I went. Each time I shouted, I heard a snarl. Bob was somewhere in the woods. I headed toward them. Why didn't I pick up a torch? I thought as I headed away from the houses. The moon guided my way. Branches snapped. Rotten leaves mushed under my feet. The ground was soft and slippery. Two things I was not a fan of the ground being. As the trees loomed overhead, the world dimmed. Bob? I heard a snarl. Bob? A deeper, gravelly snarl. I found Bob. I clipped his leash to him. His eyes were fixed in the foliage of the wood. His body was tense. His teeth were on show. Bob was ready for battle. Come on, Bob. Fun's over. Leave the badger alone. I tugged at his leash. He didn't move. I tugged harder. Bob did all he could to stay firm. His eyes were transfixed on the shadows. I heard a low rumble. A growl. A deep, unnatural growl. I looked into the darkness of the trees following the dog's gaze. There was something there. I was sure of it. My instinct screamed at me, get out of there, get the fuck out, but I didn't. I was curious. My eyes scrunched up. I peered. I focused. I tried to see into the shadows. There it was. A flash of yellow. Were they eyes? A cat's eyes? No. They were too big. Too far apart. It stepped forward. I stepped back. What the fuck was it? Did I want to find out? No, I fucking didn't. I pulled Bob's leash and this time he responded. I stepped back. Bob stepped back. It stepped forward. Then I saw the creature. Black fur, matted, body low to the ground, powerful, 
long teeth and a snarl, eyes that glowed. A beast. I grabbed Bob like a rugby ball and I... slipped. I struggled to gain traction. I scrambled with my free hand, feet moving but going nowhere. It felt like I was stuck for an eternity until I suddenly darted forward. I looked back. Was that thing moving? I couldn't tell. Move feet, faster, faster, I commanded. My eyes flitted around in the gloom, trying to find the end of the woods. Branches hindered me. I felt them scrape and scratch at my face. Even the trees were against me. I knew that thing was close. I could feel its warm breath. I was sure I could. I broke through, out of the trees. I blew hot air out of my mouth. It clouded behind me as I ran like a steam train. Bob, my grumbling companion, bundled in my arms. Behind me it ran. I could hear it. Sense it. Oh shit! It was coming! The way off the field was so far. Maybe too far. I wasn't very fit. Scratch that, I was unfit. I felt the burn in my lungs. Why didn't I go to the gym? Why didn't I take up running? Shit, why didn't I give up smoking? Was I going to die because I was an unfit, beer-gutted nicotine addict? A growl. That thing was hungry. Christ, it wanted to eat me. I needed a way out of there. Think. Think! I gathered my senses. The houses. That was it. Get inside. Get help. I bolted for the nearest fence. I had my target in sight. I could jump it. Then I realised I couldn't. Shit. It was too high. Change of plan. No, no time. It was behind me. It was coming for me. I was almost at the fence. I threw Bob over, then leapt at the fence, slamming into it, winding myself. My fingers latched onto the top. My feet scrambled, pushing me over. I landed heavily on the other side. Gasping for air, Bob licked my face. I heard snarling and scraping on the other side of the fence. Damn, that thing was close. Could it climb? I hoped not. Bob barked through the fence at it. Jesus, Bob, stop! I got to my feet, my legs like jelly. My body shook with adrenaline. I got to the back door. I knocked loudly. No answer. Surely I hadn't picked a house with no one home. I couldn't have been that unlucky. I thumped on the door again. No answer. I moved to the patio doors, cupping my hands, peering through into the darkness. Inside, I could see movement. I was sure someone was home. Hello? Are you in there? I need help. Something... Something is chasing me. Behind me, I heard a deep growl. I heard it ramming at the fence. Splinters were starting to fly. Oh, God, it was coming through. I hammered on the patio door. Hey! Hey! Help! Help! Inside, I could see movement again. There was someone in there. I can see you! Please, open up! Open up! A man walked over to the doors. I was saved. He looked behind me. I heard a crack, then another. The fence was going to give way. I'm sorry, he said, muffled by the glass. He closed the curtains, not wanting to see the horror that was about to ensue. What? What? You bastard! You fucking bastard! Let me in! Let me in! I kicked the glass, the wall. You fuckers! You motherfuckers! Then I saw it. The reflection of it. The hulking creature was there. I was trapped. Just me and Bob. It didn't run. It didn't need to. I was a statue. A petrified statue. 
it could smell my fear. In the moments before I was about to die, my life didn't flash before my eyes. The only thing I saw then was the future, the things that I had planned to do but put off until tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. No, this wasn't it. This wasn't my time to die. Fear would not end me. I forced my body to move. I turned to face it. It was a creature. All creatures fear something. Maybe I could startle it. Rah! I yelled as I ran at it. My move took it by surprise. It took me by surprise too. It gnashed its teeth. Long canines that could pierce my skin, tear my flesh. A jaw so powerful that it could snap my bones. I felt it spit on my leg. A narrow miss. I dodged. It turned quickly, trying again. A piece of the fence was in my hand, nails sticking out. I swung, a blow in its back. The nails stuck in. It howled. Take that, you bastard! I let go of my makeshift weapon. It stayed in place. The beast flailed about, shaking it loose. This was my chance. My only chance. I ran. I ran back to Dave. I almost kicked the front door from its hinges. I slammed the door behind me. I put my back against it, breathing in the air that my lungs craved. Then I remembered. Bob! Quickly I opened the door, got Bob inside, slammed it closed and breathed again. We're safe. Great timing. Food is ready. Dave wandered in from the kitchen. He stopped dead. What happened to you two? He laughed. Did Bob run away again? A creature. A beast. It's after us. What? Dave cracked up with laughter. I'm serious. A beast. A huge thing. It tried to kill me. You're losing it, babe. Dave grabbed my hand, moving me away from the door. He grabbed the doorknob. Wait, don't. Too late. He opened it. Outside was the cul-de-sac. Quiet. Peaceful. Serene. Just like it always was. So, tell me, what did this beast look like? Dave stepped outside, looking up and down. My eyes were wide. The crazy fear had returned. Just come inside. Lock the door. I'm serious. Dave smiled at me. I'm serious. Just do it for me, please. Okay, okay. Dave took a step toward the house, and that's when it struck. The beast... Its full force from those powerful legs took Dave off his feet. Its teeth sunk into his shoulder first. I looked on in horror as a jet of blood shot through the air. Jesus Christ, help me! Screeched Dave. He reached out his hand, trying to crawl for the door, with the beast's fangs puncturing him. I grabbed his hand, trying to pull him. So much blood, it pulled him back. Help me! He screamed one last time. I can't hold you! I can't hold you! A bite to his jugular. Dave gargled on blood. Its paw struck out. The claws tore through my jeans and skin, tearing muscles open. White bone was on show through the deep lacerations. The searing heat of pain fired through my body. I dropped to the floor, unable to walk, my good leg pushing me backward. I reached the door, moving inside. The beast followed, taking its time, toying with me. I kicked the door, it bounced back from the creature's muscular shoulder. I moved deeper into the house, the beast following. Please, 
Please don't kill me. It was the only thing I could think to say. The beast wasn't interested. It couldn't be reasoned with. I crawled through the house, into the kitchen. Blood streaked on the floor. I hit the cupboard doors. There was nowhere else to go. I reached up, trying to find a weapon, anything I could use to delay the inevitable. My hand came back empty. My veins pumped blood out in spurts from the claw canyons in my leg. The beast crept closer. It could take its time. I wasn't going anywhere, and it knew that. Its mouth opened. This was it. I closed my eyes, too scared to look. I took my final breath. Rob! I opened my eyes. A bloody Dave leapt on its back. He wrestled with the creature, his final act in life, to save me, to give me a fighting chance. I pulled myself onto my good foot. I saw a knife. The beast's teeth sunk into Dave's chest. Bones crunched and snapped. His heart popped. I watched as the light faded from his eyes. His limbs went limp. I looked at Dave. The beast looked at me. I looked at the beast. Our eyes locked. It leapt. I grabbed it. We collapsed. I was running on pure instinct. I heard a howl as my knife pierced its hairy skin. It clawed me as I dragged the blade down its belly, spilling its intestines over the floor. I stabbed and stabbed and stabbed, relishing in the pain it felt. I didn't stop until it was dead. With the last of my strength, I heaved its corpse from my body. I dropped the blade from my bloody hands. We were both crimson from the battle. I wasn't sure whose blood belonged to who anymore. All I felt was relief. Relief to be alive. Relief that it was over. I looked back at the beast. It lay there peacefully. And slowly, before my eyes, I watched as its fur began to recede. Its bones began to snap. Its limbs began to twist. Its muscles deflated. It was no longer a mass of meat and murder. It had transformed into something else. Something softer, more gentle. It had turned into a man. I looked at his face. The face of my father. I laughed, not because I found it funny, but because I found it tragic. Tragic that he had tried to kill me. Tragic that I had killed him. Bob looked at me. He growled. The biggest one he could muster. I growled back. A sign of what I was to become. That was Cleaning House by Tommy Draper. Should you find yourself lost and alone again, join me for another twisted tale. But tonight, as you leave the glow and warmth of the campfire and the last ember flickers in the dying light, remember that these stories will stay with you.
You've been listening to an audio series from the Superfreak Media Podcast Network. To show your support on this project, along with the other content we create, be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. You can keep up to date with everything else we are up to on social media using the links in the description of this episode. Thank you for listening.